0: Hello and welcome to Ernie Ball's Striking a Chord podcast. I'm Evan Ball. Today I'll be speaking with Iron Tom and AWOL Nation guitarist, Zach Irons. Zach Irons grew up with music all around him. His father, Jack Irons, was the drummer of Red Hot Chili Peppers, 11. Pearl Jam, and The Wallflowers, just to name a few. Naturally, Zach took to music, initially as a drummer, before finding his passion for guitar. And today, he's the guitarist of both Iron Tom and AWOL Nation. In this episode, we talk about the current state of the guitar solo, left-handed guitars, the roots of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Iron Tom's new album, skateboarding, backpacking, and basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Irons. Jack Irons, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. Have you come up with a way to describe Iron Tom's music that you like or heard any descriptions that you like? You know, I
1: I, I really haven't been able to do it verbally. Uh, I've been asked that question and that's that's a, elegant way to ask it, actually, because usually <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit more abrasive. But yeah, no, I, I honestly haven't been able to figure that out because I'm a little too close to it to really understand what it means, you know, and I... It's so funny. It's like being so close to something. Sometimes you have less, you know, objectivity to it than people that listen to it. You, like, in a way, I know my music worse than other people know my music, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of an annoying question. I never quite know how to answer it personally, but here I am asking you a version of it.
1: Well, I, I mean, if I really had to boil it down, I would just say, you know, it's its rock and it's inspired by my favorite artists, you know, like the greats of rock and roll, really. I mean, not to, you know, I wish I had a cooler answer than that, but you know, my yeah. heroes and stuff, it's, that's what I like.
0: Yeah. And I think related to that, sometimes in your music, I, I hear uh, there's a guitar part or a solo that comes up that feels kind of unexpected to me and i i think it's unexpected to me only because there are just fewer solos in music compared to a long time ago yeah totally what do you think's the current state of the guitar solo from your perspective
1: you know i i like you just said i don't really hear too many of them and i think the guitar right now is like almost maybe i'm a little bit out of touch just because i you know i'm not like a big social media guy or anything but like it seems like guitar is almost like coming back around to where it's like almost is the word, is the right word kitschy. It's like people use guitar in this way that's almost cheesy, and people are like, "Oh my god, that's a fun little lick," and it just sounds like old Motown or something. But you know, I think a lot of people are hearing it for the first time to a degree. You know, on in their
0: kids and stuff like that. You know, but that's interesting. So, so you use the word kitschy, like almost like it's it's a, you're you're emulating something that's not in fashion anymore.
1: Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like someone wearing like something from the 90s now and going like, you know, oh my God, you look so crazy. But like everyone that was in the 90s was like, did you not, do you not know about Nirvana or Pearl You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of, that's how I feel like the guitar is almost like, uh, it's like a fashion choice in music. To more than, you know, what it once was, which was the staple of bands in a lot of ways, you know? So, yeah. I mean, maybe that, that's, that's not really fair to say wholeheartedly because there's so much music. And sure. I guess I'm only really speaking to like, you know, alternative poppy music because there's so much for sure. But in that field...
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and you probably feel like you are personally more drawn towards lead guitar compared to maybe other contemporary bands that you are around.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I... I'm a kind of I mean at the risk of sounding weird, I'm kind of from a different breed, I think and a different slightly different generation, even though I'm young, like I've really never really connected with, you know, this modern way of creating music until recently. I think there's a lot of value in it with using computers and, you know, using technology. I, I really like it now. But growing up that was sorta of went against my principles to a degree as like a little reactive teenager and like a, I don't know. I just, I felt like, you know, just being in a band and playing with people and not looking to seek approval and, you know, just playing for the sake of playing and building and growing. Like that's the paradigm that I was sort of raised in. So, um, that's what I know, you know? Yeah.
0: So who are your influences or maybe what era are you referencing?
1: It's, it's pretty wide range, but, A lot of things up until the 2000s, you know, like I, I obviously have an affinity for the seventies music, you know, like, like Sabbath and Zeppelin and ACDC that kind of started me in a lot of ways on the whole, like loving the guitar heroes of the, of the past, that phase. I mean, I, you know, it really actually started with me loving nineties, like Kurt Cobain and Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam and stuff. Yeah. Not Kurt Cobain from Pearl Jam, you know, (laughs) but, uh. Those are some of my favorite guys. So yeah, I'd say 60s, 70s, 90s, really. And now I've really developed a love for the 80s, but that came later, actually.
0: Well, I've noticed you play left-handed. Yeah. Is that a Jimi Hendrix Strat I've seen you playing?
1: I I guess it looks like a Jimi Hendrix Strat because I flip it like the way he did just out of necessity because uh, I have a Strat. It's an old Strat and I could never... You know, the, I I couldn't find one like that that's left-handed. You know what I mean? Like, and it was a gift to me. So I just did everything that I could to learn how to use it and adapt to using that. And now I've just become accustomed to playing right-handed guitars upside down. It's more comfortable for me now.
0: And just so everyone can picture this, this so it's it's a right-handed guitar flipped upside down, but then it's restrung. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where the the thicker strings are still up top, like they normally. Yeah, be.
1: yeah, it's like normal. It's like a normal strung, like a normal guitar, where the right. low E strings, where your thumb is or whatever. But it's the knobs are up top. Yeah, you, know? you said it was
0: comfortable for you. I always wonder about what about the pickup selector. Is that right where your arm is? See, that's a good question. I <laughs> I've kind of like developed my own
1: thing with it where I take it to this guy eric he's a really good guitar guy and i was like what can we do like can we shave it down or something so what we ended up doing was sh- taking off this, the knobs i take all the knobs off and the pickup selector switch knob and then had him you know file down all everything so they're really small and oh. short so they're kind of out of my way actually but i can still
0: grab them and switch them oh interesting so it sticks up enough where you can still you can still change the pickups.
1: Yeah, I can get my finger under it. I mean, maybe to some people that that don't have such brutal calluses, wouldn't be wouldn't like it very much. But it doesn't really bother me that bad uh, because it's pretty flush. But I can still get to it in a pinch. You know. Yeah.
0: How about having the the uh, lesser cutaway for your for the higher frets? Does that bother you at all?
1: Sometimes I feel like I'm not. It sucks because yeah, I'm not able to utilize the guitar as much as. That's the one thing that I don't like about it is the cutaway. <clears throat> you know, I can't get up that high, so I have to sort of reinvent some ideas or, you know, pick up a different guitar if I want to get that higher, use an octave pedal, whatever it is. Like that that I don't love, but it's only it's really only, you know, four frets and it's those really high four frets that, you know, you can compromise with. Right. Or at least I
0: think. So I have to assume you grew up immersed in music. Can you describe your childhood at least in relation to music and the the music biz? so it just was kind of always happening it was like you drink water as a human
1: being and you you get accustomed to being hydrated and that's what it is and that's what it means it's like breathing you know like not to sound pretentious or whatever but that's that's sort of how music has been for me in this in this life it's been just like always there it's always in something i've I've just deeply connected with and th- I've never really made a choice to become a musician. It just, I, I, it feels as if I was already that way when I was born and I'm going to be that way after I go or whatever. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Not to get esoteric about it. And I apologize. I should have front loaded this question with more context. So oh, no, that's cool. Jack Irons, your, your dad is uh, a founding member of uh, a band called the red hot chili peppers and uh, later drummer of another tiny band called Pearl Jam. So. Yeah.
1: It's always funny when those names are dropped, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty good resume. Yeah. 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 So, so therefore, um, yes, you grew up in the midst of, of music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. And that,
1: you know, he was in another band called 11 that was a huge part of, uh, you know, my life and the skill of, uh, those musicians was, had a huge impact on me too. And,
0: and that band traces back to all guys that went to his high school, right? Just, just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers
1: exactly like that was in a sense some people might not agree with this but in a sense from where i'm standing that was the first permutation of the beginning of when the chili peppers were kind of starting because it was you know a lot of the guys that ended up in the chili peppers just with a different singer you know and 11 was the the got the singer that was in the chili peppers but with his other band so my dad's kind of carried on with his old-time
0: friends for a long time that is so cool yeah. You know it's funny I I just always wonder, you know, I wonder what these people who become big musicians and in big bands like I picture them back in high school. Do you have any uh sense of what your your dad and and the other guys were like in high school? Um I think my dad was pretty um he's a pretty like do-gooder,
1: you know. He he wasn't like a bad boy like some of those guys kind of got out of control as we know, you know, with you know, partying or whatever. He never, he was like, they called him the mama's boy a little bit. <laughs> okay. uh, but, you know, it didn't always, it didn't start that way. They love music. It began that way. And I know that, you know, my grandparents let them sort of jam in his bedroom. So in a sense, all that stuff kind of started in my grandparents' house. You know, like they have a lot of stories, like apparently one time there was this kid spying on him jamming and they ran out to go be like who are you and he ran away and then later on they found out it was slash who like thought they were cool no way it was like a whole scene you know i mean that turned into this whole thing
0: yeah that's awesome funny to picture and it's just a funny image to picture your dad and flea and anthony kiedis and hillel all in high school together sitting in math class
1: yeah totally i know
0: it's funny huh yeah all right um could he have ever imagined, I'm just curious, the the success that the Chili Peppers ended up reaching? Um,
1: he, well, what he says is it was on from day one with them, you know. It was just right as it, like, it was always, there was always an energy where it was just, like, infectious, he said. Like, you know, he had struggled for years in bands or, like tried and done shitty tours and there was all this wonky sort of energy and then when that that permutation lined up it just was like on it was like people were related yeah like the second show was sold out and they had no songs they were just jamming like it was just he says it was meant to be i don't think he realized that it would you know his best friend would pass away and you know fushante would come and write help you know bring songs in with the band that we're going to make them be at the level they're at now no one could have foreseen any of this, this level, but you
0: know, at you know, there was something, there was chemistry, there was energy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And just to put your life in context here, what year were you born? 91. That's right. When I was listening to uh, Red Hot Jelly Peppers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, what's funny. I actually saw them the first time I ever heard of them. And I think this would have been the era your dad was there. They played on the top of a skate ramp in Orange County. A, you don't remember Vision, the skateboard company? I don't know.
1: I do. Yeah. I actually know what you're talking I've heard about this. They played on like a big half pipe, right?
0: Yeah. It was this double half pipe. All the biggest skaters were there. It was like indoors, right? It was. Yeah. I've seen videos of that, actually. Yeah. I was nine, I think, but that was my first introduction to them. And they were hard nice. for a nine year old to comprehend, you know, at the live show. Yeah. But, but the energy totally. was there for sure. It was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. So I guess that begs the question, why guitar, not drums for you?
1: Well, I started out as a drummer, honestly, like that's what I always wanted to do. And like, I just like, m- you know, my dad got me a drum set when I was five, like a mini drum set. And I, you know, I just like really picked it up naturally and loved it. And as soon as I understood a straightforward beat, that was it. Like put your hand over the other hand and play the hi-hat with your right hand and then hit the snare with your left hand. And then, as soon as I got that, I just I knew that I had good timing and stuff and I was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to do this, you know? So I would try to play, like there was a period of time where I was playing like three hours a day (laughs) and it got to a point where it was just too much drums in the house and I was having to like communicate and go like, okay, when do you want to play? You can't play today. It's too loud here. You got to do this. And I remember I like wrote a riff because my parents, you know, they were supportive of me in many ways. Like, they got me a guitar and I had one sitting around. And I wrote like this kind of riff, and it something about it just sparked something in me where I was just like, oh, I kind of i like the way that feels. Like, and I remember sitting down on the drum set one day and just like sitting there playing, being uninspired and stopping. And it's like, I kind of air guitar for a second. And I was <laughs> really upset because I was like really wanting to do that. And I thought to myself, I will never. Be as good at guitar as I am on drums, and yet I want to play guitar. And then I just, I just decided to make the switch. Like I could stay up all night playing for hours and not be told what to do and write songs. And I, the whole universe of of notes was something that was so inspiring to me because I grew up in a house of just a drummer house. There was no talk of theoretical music in the note notation sense at all, and right. that was like amazing to me to be able to like convey emotions
0: that deeply. You know so that's maybe what 12, 11 years old. I think 11. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then fast forward, when does iron Tom form? Um, or is it a gradual thing?
1: Well, it was a gradual thing. I mean, but technically my singer, Harry and I started making music together when I was, I think 14. So in like 2005 or six or something, I I can't remember. He was a senior and I was the freshman and we just connected and, uh, you know, and then it was like this sort of touch and go thing for a few years as to like, are we going to start to pl- try to play shows? Who's the band? You know, are you, you going to go to college? You know, that whole song and dance. So yeah, that that kind of went on, and I sort of formed the rest of the band with the other guys, and it was like I had two bands. It was like I had one project with my singer called Iron Tom, and then I had this other sort of instrumental band that was a little bit more out there and like psychedelic, and uh, eventually. I had to convince both parties that we should merge because Harry Singer didn't like the band and the band didn't like him. And I was like, well, this is what I, I like both. So this is what's going to happen. So <laughs> yeah. eventually
0: we pulled it together. Can you tell us about the name Iron Tom? Yeah. I mean,
1: there's never really, you know, I always make things up for this. I always just, cause <laughs> it's fun. It's <laughs> funny. You know, like I'll say like, Oh, Christopher Lloyd found me. I passed out on the beach drunk. Christopher Lloyd woke me up until, you know, but it,
0: Oh, yeah, give us really, one. Honestly, yeah.
1: on, no, I don't even want to do that right now. I had such a bad night's sleep. I can't even think straight. Uh, but honestly, my dad thought of the name. It was his idea, you know? And my dad actually was the one who introduced me to Harry, the singer. He, I know it sounds weird that my dick I mean, he, we were both playing at a, a, a talent show in high school. And after the show, my dad's like, that guy, Harry, he's pretty good. You should jam with him. And I was kind of like, I don't... He's a senior man. I'm not going to jam with him, you know. And then he just like was like, "Oh, I'm." Yeah. He just called him for me because he knew that I wouldn't do it, and it just started this whole friendship. And he named the band. So I, you know, my dad had a pretty big involvement in the very beginning of this band. You wow, know? He was in the band actually. He was the drummer at first. Oh, really? And then when we started, yeah. And then like we started doing covers, and we Harry chose some covers that were unsavory to my dad, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to let you guys do your thing now." <laughs>
0: Um, uh, okay, so Iron Tom. Not not a specific reference to anything. It's just a, a cool name that that came up. I usually try to keep this secret, but I'll just tell oh, you. We can, we can skip
1: I I'll I'll just tell you for now. It's just my last name and hair my singer's last name put together, you know. But we don't we didn't say that in the past because we didn't want the guys in the band to feel excluded because it is a democracy, but it's yeah. just a good name. But that's why, that's
0: the truth. <laughs> Wait, Tom. The Tom Well, because he
1: doesn't go by Thomas. <laughs> oh, okay. His last name's Thomas. He goes by Hayes. Okay. So people don't know that. And he did that for people's feelings, you know, which I'm getting tired of, you know, people got to stop their feelings
0: hurt so easily. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. How about Elijah? Is that a certain person? Yeah. That's a skater friend of of ours. Uh, So be bold. Like Elijah is one of your songs. There's a, a, yeah. Video that, that features lots of skateboarding.
1: Yeah. That, the main guy skating in that video, his name is Elijah Burl, And he's, he's a friend and he's just like a, he's a really ballsy guy you know like he's younger than me and he seems like he's lived so much more and done all these things and has all these wild tales and he's like an amazing amazing skater and uh yeah a good, really good dude and harry just kind of was inspired by him and wrote those lyrics okay. and we got him in yeah. our video that so was fun yeah. yeah
0: no i i had a i had a strong skateboarding era in my life so i oh, nice. thoroughly enjoyed the video yeah cool you had a few little cameos skateboarding I did.
1: I, I fell, you know, pretty hard there. And then, uh, did you, you know, Rodney Mullen? I'm sure you do. Yes. Oh yeah. He was in the video. I don't know if you caught that, but I
0: did not catch that.
1: I I have a, uh, like one of his signature boards. I was in Canada with a all nation and we were like all into skating together for a while. And I went and bought one of his signature, uh, eighties boards, like the ones that he invented a lot of these, his moves on. And I, you know, I, I liked it or whatever. I didn't think much about it. And then that day we were filming the Elijah video. He was just randomly skating on, you know, on the Venice boardwalk. And my friend's like, that was him. Should we go try to get him in the vid? And if you watch it, he does a trick on his custom board that that's mine
0: in the video, just randomly. Wow. I need to check it out again. Yeah. I mean, Rodney Mullen, I lost touch long ago, but early on he was from a different planet. Just pushing the envelope hard. Yeah. Hey, so you are not just an Iron Tom, but also AWOL Nation. Yeah. And it sounds like you had a connection with AWOL Nation prior to joining. So how did this come about? We,
1: what it was, was we were looking for, we kind of, Aaron Bruno, the singer of AWOL and us, Iron Tom, had a mutual friend and a manager friend. And he kind of hooked us up and Aaron, you know, he's sort of, Go getter and always looking for new projects, and we're all you know we were always looking to get you know some involved with somebody and get on some tours or get record some songs. So we kind of Aaron ended up coming over uh, at a certain point and checking out a rehearsal, and then you know fast forward to inviting us on tour, and then saying he's down to record music with us. And at at a certain point, they had some sort of like you know they were parting ways with their guitarist at the time and. They just asked me, like, could you fill in for a few shows? Because, like, we have... It, it was funny. It was basically, like, there's a show... and There's a big, huge show in, like, five days. You guys are going to be on this tour anyway. Can you just fill in for the last leg of this tour? Yeah, and I was, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, you know, that's a good test for me to have to push my brain to learn all these songs and go do a big show and oh, be yeah. with new guys. So I did it, and we just really... It was, like, really fate. Like, we really connected... And it, it didn't have to go so well. You know, a lot of people play and it just leads to nothing, but it really led to really close friendships
0: and musical connections. And you, so are you, are you now recording with them, everything? You're a full-fledged member?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's Aaron's band, you know, like he's the okay. head honcho he writes <laughs> yeah. the songs, he's the visionary, but you know, I'm as involved as one could be in his project. Sure. You know, and I'm, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, it's, it's rad. So how do the experiences differ of being in Iron Tom in a wall nation? I guess that's one of them where the, the writing process would be different.
1: Yeah. The writing process is different. And, you know, it's again in, in a wall, it's no matter what happens in a wall, it's like, if Aaron has a feeling, it's, it's kind of easy. Cause you just go with Aaron's feeling, whether it's agreed upon or not, it's his feeling. And so it really actually makes it simple in a way, you know, whereas in a d- democratic band, there's like a lot of opinions and feelings and things that are, that's, it's a little
0: bit more to balance. How about the performances? Does it feel different like you're in a a, a different environment? For the most part, is a lot bigger and has a lot more fans
1: than Iron Tom in a you know, like so we play bigger shows, but at the same time, Iron Tom was usually touring with AWOL and I was doing double duty. So it was just like a big huge traveling circus for a while there.
0: So what happens when you guys play Sale live? Does it get crazy? Yeah. It's, it always feels good. You know,
1: yeah. it's just funny. It's like, you wouldn't think that that song would be a good final song because it's slow and it uh-huh. wouldn't be a good final song if people didn't lose their minds, but they do. So it's a great final song, but if okay. no one knew it, it, we wouldn't play it last. you know?
0: So what are you working on now as, with Iron Tom, AWOL Nation or otherwise?
1: Well, Iron Tom, we finished a, a record cult following that uh, will be out when this airs, I,
0: I believe. Yeah but you just recently released an EP. Uh, yeah. You know, what's
1: funny is I don't really know the, the technicality behind that EP. I was actually wondering what that, because it's just an LP that we're making, but I think they like labels it on Spotify as an EP with like half of the record songs that have been oh, released. Okay. I don't understand. You know, I'd have to ask my managers about why that's called that. Cause I don't actually know. It really just is leading up to an LP called cult following that will be out soon you know i it's i don't know how many are on that ep five or something but clearly i'm not really too involved in the business side of things
0: <laughs> i think it is is five, yeah
1: but <laughs> so there's 10 songs on the album or 11 songs on the album
0: okay because i was actually noticing that because it looks like each song on the ep got released prior as a single and then put yeah. out as an ep <laughs> but then that ep is actually leading to an lp
1: exactly and that album art is the LPs album artwork.
0: Do you have a Do you have a favorite?
1: Um, I kind of can go back and forth. Sometimes I think it's you know. Uh, sometimes I just am over it. I'm like, okay, I've I've heard yeah. this enough. I hate this. I, I this sucks. You know what I mean? Like we we failed, and then I'm like, actually, this rules. You know, I don't. I can't decide how I feel. I'm just a flippant character, I guess, when it comes to <laughs> that stuff. But uh, I I like the song called When a Dickhead Dies a lot, Whoa. and uh, wow. has not been released. And I think that that has a lot of the Iron Tom spirit and it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time uh, in terms of like the vibe of it. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot for me. I was really, really inspired by Wu-Tang Clan on it. And I wanted to make a hip hoppy Iron Tom song for years. And I finally think I pulled it off the best that we could pull it off.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Any videos coming up then? I think you just had one for, was it Full Moon?
1: Yeah, Full Moon uh, just came out. I like that song, um, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Full Moon just came out. And then there's a song called American Gothic that we're going to have a video for that uh, is going to come out when the record is out.
0: Cool. All right, let's try a lightning round. Okay. If you could tour with any band or artist, past or present, who would it be? Probably Zeppelin, if I had to choose one. All right. Uh, ideal set length?
1: Like an hour and a half. Okay. Maybe a little less. You always leave them wanting more.
0: Yeah. Uh, Favorite way to pass your time on tour? Ooh, that's a really good question. I haven't figured that one out yet.
1: Okay. I'll get back to you on that. I have no idea. Eating, you know.
0: Do you actually seek out different restaurants uh, that you might have heard of? Are are you a food guy when you go to these different cities?
1: Yeah, yeah, but it just depends on where, you know, I'm a little, I'm so tired on tour. I have to be in New York or like Austin or major cities in order to feel like I want to get it up to go to these nice places. Otherwise I just will just
0: not go anywhere. <laughs> well, especially when you're doing double duty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's one, uh, supporting or headlining. What do you prefer? Headlining. Definitely. Okay. okay. All right. But
1: you know, I and Tom has mainly done support tours and they've been great too, but, you have to win the crowd over. And that's what we've gotten used to doing. And I, I like doing that too. But when people come to see you, there's just this like carefree fun. Sure.
0: All right. Uh, is there a, a best gig you've ever had?
1: You know, I have, but I don't remember. I can't tell you what it was, but I know afterwards it was like, that was probably the best show we've ever done in, in our life. Okay. So, you know, I've, I've said that quite a few times. I'm a little bit of the boy who cried wolf.
0: Okay. How about a worst gig ever?
1: Uh, one time in Iron Tom, opening for AWOL, a record label flew out to see us, and my amp died within the first—I think it was like the first three minutes of the of the set. And then those, and then it did. It took me ten minutes to get it back up and running. And those guys just were just jamming for ten minutes.
0: Yeah, all the while being painfully aware there's a label watching your every move.
1: And the, but afterwards, they were stoked. They're like, "Well, we saw a worst case scenario, and you guys did good." And we're like, "Oh, oh there I'm you good. go." Yeah, so. Then they didn't sign us. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite city or country to tour in?
1: New York, Chicago, Austin. There's always good times in those places. Country, it's definitely fun to go to other countries for sure.
0: I can't say a fave. but Okay. If you were a professional athlete, what sport would you want to be in? Basketball, 100%. Really? Okay. I
1: don't. I don't know how to play any other... I literally do not know the rules of one other sport. Basketball is the only sport I relate to whatsoever.
0: Okay, so have you played basketball for a long time? No, I have never played. I just like it. Oh, you just like <laughs> to watch it. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just like. I'm inspired by it. Maybe it's because I'm uh, from LA, where the Lakers ruled, and it was just such a thing to be into. But I don't know. You know, Michael Jordan, Space Jam is a big deal to me, yeah. honestly. <laughs> You know, and I just watched The Last Dance, which was just the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I feel like that, that doc, I
0: don't know if you've heard about it. I I've did not it, but see it, but I saw how highly it was rated. It's just, it's so good. It's, I would recommend it highly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, any hobbies or interests besides music?
1: I'm really into backpacking right now. That's like my favorite thing right now is oh. the gear. Like, talk, you know, I just talked to my buddy last night for an hour on the phone about tents and packs, like, you know, you know, just the kind of like nerdy stuff, but I'm just really down with it right at this moment. So it's really nice to go connect with nature, you know, in times like this, just get away from your phone, get away from, you know, the psych of the what's going on and get out there and just, you know, go far out and swim and just be contemplative. It's really something that's important to me at this point in my life.
0: So is that something you do solo or do you have a group of friends? No, I wish I was that. That, that hardcore
1: um yeah my i have a but my you know i have my main guy who got me into it who we kind of we always are planning our trips and we're always like bro we got to maybe we don't say bro but <laughs> we're like always we got to get back out you know always scheming to get back out there because you only have a few months of the year that it's comfortable to go because of the weather you know you go to the high elevation it's never that hot you don't want it to be that hot but In the winter, it's just out of the question, you know, for me at least.
0: Yeah. So mostly around Southern California? No, we actually go up to like the Trinity, uh, Trinity
1: Alps up there by Shasta. That's an area we like to go to. Oh,
0: way up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Favorite set of guitar strings?
1: Ernie Ball 10s. Yes.
0: Yeah. So you play the regular Slinky?
1: I do. Yeah. I mean, I've just gotten used to those now, you know, they started... I, they started getting put on my guitars in AWOL, and then I just was like, I just now I feel weird if they're not on there, but I'm not. There's there are these other ones that my friend put on my guitar that were apparently like they were like the, just the slinky tens, but they were like a little bit more high quality ones that I like those too.
0: It could have been paradigms, they're, they're extra yeah, strong. I, I think that might have been it. Yeah, 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 they feel similar though. So you can get the same yeah. gauges. All right, on that note. Yeah, yeah, Zach Irons, thanks for being on the podcast Yeah, man, thanks for having me Thank you for tuning in to Striking Accord and Ernie Ball Podcast Make sure you go check out Iron Tom's new album which is indeed out at this point If you'd like to contact us please email strikingaccord at ernieball.com
1: You know, humans are humans, so it's going to be fun and unfun at times.